Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 23. And today we are going to be going over what we've been watching. We have a topic submitted by a viewer and then we are going to actually be going over a viewer submitted film here today that we reviewed, uh, The Girl with All the Gifts. Hey, what you watching? So James, what you watching? Um, so I've actually been watching. I watched a lot of things actually this last two weeks because we actually technically reviewed Avengers sort of early. Yeah, we you, released it a bit early too. I think yeah. we did it like a day after it came out. Mm-hmm. So I've watched a lot, but I only want to talk about two about two of them because um, I don't think you guys want me to talk about like the Purge Anarchy. Oh man, <laughs> I'm really interested in that. Hold on. You know, the purge, yeah, it was the yeah, purge, elect- purge election year, actually. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, so I watched two decent films here. One really good, one eh. So the first one I watched was Stronger, the directed by David Gordon Green, which is random, by the way, because this guy directed Pineapple Express, um, Your Highness, The Sitter, and oh. <laughs> most of Eastbound and Down, by the way. So this is a vast change. Yeah, dude, he went, he went total. He's like, I'm going to just do something serious. So Stronger is based on the true life story about Jeff Bauman, a um, Boston young man that went to the Boston Marathon back in 2013 when the bomb went off. And he was in the initial blast radius. And he's he's one of the guys seen on like one of the famous photos with a guy in a cowboy hat. Like carrying him out of there because he oh, yeah, his leg yeah, was like blown that. off. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. Or both his legs are blown off, actually. So um, basically, it's the story about him, basically, and kind of getting over the whole incident because he was there to support his ex girlfriend, who in this movie uh, is played by Tatiana Mislani, who is from that show. Um, it's the one where she has like different personalities. I forget what it's called again. I, I can't think something... of it. Dark black something. Orphan black. Orphan black. Yes, yeah. thank you. She's in that one. She's really good, by she the way. Really good. She plays Aaron in this one. Nice I saved a bill. I have never <laughs> seen her before in a movie or a show, and I was actually like, man, because the interactions between the two is really well done, and it kind of takes up a majority of the movie. The movie doesn't focus too much on the bombing itself. It's more of the aftermath and how he goes to like all these events and how he's really trying to find himself in a way. Cause he's, he's like he's his not, recovery. Yeah. So Cause he's not exactly like a great guy in real oh, life. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so they don't like shy away from the fact that he's kind of like running away from his issues and drinking okay. and, yeah, I kind of like when they do that because it humanizes the character. Yeah, he's more, definitely not more like, relatable. Yeah, because and, we're all imperfect, and he's got so much issues, and he's like arguing with the family, and it's like he doesn't want to do this shit because he's like he's always in constant pain because he, you know, both of his oh, yeah, legs are sure. gone. Um, but it really shows how he kind of learns that he's an inspiration to a lot of people, though, 
and about how he took that and kind of went with it and eventually because at first he hated like all the fame and stuff like that because you know probably wasn't trying to get the attention to begin no with. hell no yeah, he's, that's not the type of fame you want he's almost like have. one of those like stereotypical boston guys like he's tough with the heart of heart gold, gold. <laughs> so so wait so he um because i don't know too much of the story i just i know small details here and there but he he wasn't one of the racers right he was just no he was just he members. was in the audience like holding a sign Damn. Just waiting for his, because like he had broken up with his ex girlfriend and she was raising money, and then he went down there. And it's yeah. funny because up until that point, he'd always been late to like everything. It's the one time he showed he up showed on time. time. Yeah, damn. Uh, cool story though is that he was uh, one of the main people that saw the bomber though, and oh. pinpointed the cops to finding the bombers. So with nice. his uh, testimony, they actually well they killed the, one of the guys, right. another guy that got one of them. So yeah. But um, I only really liked it. It's it's pretty sad. It's I'm pretty sure, emotional, yeah. little roller coaster of a movie. Jake Gyllenhaal sh- probably shouldn't have gotten nominated for an Oscar for this film, especially came out last year. He does really good in this movie. Oh, I thought you said shouldn't have. I was like, oh no, he, should. he didn't get nominated at all for anything. Yeah. This he's great. So is uh, Top Town and Miss Lanny, dude. His uh, girlfriend in this one, right? I thought she did really good. So if you're into like a drama, really based on a like a an event about a guy that kind of overcomes his um, disability and he becomes a slightly better person out of it. I don't. It's, it's not. It's never like buttered on, which I like. Yeah. So I I'd recommend taking a look at it. It's a pretty good movie. Nice. I something I want to check out for sure. And wh- uh, where'd you see it? Is it streaming on anything? I rented this one. It was only ninety nine cents on iTunes when I did it. Oh, cool. So it was one of those. Um, and this came out last year. You said. Yeah, yeah. It came out last year, last September. So it's yeah. fairly new, actually. Not too old. All right. Um, I also watched Baywatch. Uh oh. Why? <laughs> We've had this conversation, James. <laughs> because I really want. Okay, technically, because I bought it on Black Friday for nine dollars, <laughs> and it's been sitting there. So yeah, this actually, I also like this director too. By the way, I didn't realize Seth Gordon directed this, and he did a documentary back in two thousand and seven called King of Kong: Fistful of Quarters. Right. I didn't realize like this was the same guy. Then he did Horrible Bosses. Also uh, a good movie. Yeah, which I, very good movie. Yeah, I like both of those. But this one's not so great. But I mean, I don't think it's as bad as the critics slammed it for. But it's one of those movies that is like, it, it's self-aware. They even make fun of past episodes of Baywatch. And they bring up that chicks run slowly and stuff. I think the reason why and it worked. Suits. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Dude, the, the movie is full of just beautiful people. Yeah, of course. Outside of uh, John Bass, who plays Ronnie. He's not, he's, he's, he's a, a very he's beautiful a chubby person. Guy. Yeah. By the way, it starts out super slow too with his character. Yeah. I thought they were trying. He's like a slightly comedic relief. Yeah. And he's one of those guys where it's like, well, who the fuck cares about this guy, dude? Why is he on a team? Yeah. That was, was the whole thing. Yeah. He hooks up with CJ, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, win one for the nerds, I guess. But um, I actually liked Dwayne Johnson in this movie. Yeah. He plays like Mitch Buchanan, who's originally played by uh, David Hasselhoff. So that's like his character. And. It's just, even they bring up about how, like, crazy fucking ridiculous this guy is. Like, they're lifting, like, fridges and shit. Uh, and it's basically, like, between him and Zac Efron, like, they do all right. Uh, it's kind of cool that they use uh, Priyanka Chopra as the villain in this one. Yeah, that was pretty that was That was okay. That was I didn't have an issue with it at no. all. I thought the CG at times was fucking atrocious, though. I can't believe that was, like... It's so obvious, like certain scenes, like this is green screen as fuck. And it seems like, like, why'd you just cheap out on it? I didn't understand. Yeah, we couldn't just shoot like, it in the it's ocean. It's probably not like their main focus yeah. or whatever. It definitely wasn't. Um, it does have its moments, though. I laughed out loud a couple times. It's definitely not one of those movies you need to rush out and see. But it's coming, I believe, to Hulu or Amazon Prime this month. So yeah, it's just I check think it, it just out. came out for free. Yeah, 
It's one of those like it's a rental or a stream. So, um, what about you, Nabil? What have you been watching? Uh, you'd be surprised. I actually have seen quite a few things this time. <laughs> Nabil did his homework. I know. I Holy so. shit! It's been two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mention a few things. Um, so I got to see another Lego movie, Lego Ninjago, the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on HBO. It just wow, came I up forgot about that movie. I forgot about it, too. Um, but I, I'd i watched the show a little bit when it was out on TV, and I think it still is on TV. On this one movie. isn't based on the show, though, right? The characters is all... Everything's pretty much based on the show, but it's essentially like... They just changed every voice they actor. Just, yeah, they just moved forward in time and, and build a whole new story around it. Like, all the characters are there, um, but it's not like the same movie. Not the same thing as the show. You got me there because I I haven't seen like anything yeah. in Jago. Nor do you need to because I I obviously fin- like seen maybe the first season of the show, then realized no, it's really for kids. Like there's no like adult <laughs> tone for it. Goes, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this isn't something I need to watch anymore. This movie surprisingly I actually found pretty entertaining. Um, so it stars Jackie Chan, um, and he plays Master Wu, the kind of guru guy. Um, you have Dink, Dave Franco. He's the main character named Lloyd. He's the green ninja. Lloyd. Um, and then you've got some... Yeah, Lloyd. <laughs> uh, then you have Fred Armisen, um, Kumal Nanjiani, Michael Pena. They have um, a really good like uh, voice cast. Yeah, there's a lot of top names over there. And it's all pretty funny um, listening to them talk and, and the banter. Dialogue, just like any of the other Lego movies, really good uh, dialogue. Um, the story essentially is, shun- is uh, Lloyd is shunned by everyone for being the son of an evil warlord um, <laughs> called Lord Garmadon, um, who's played by Justin Thoreau. Yeah. And he's essentially a teenager. He's trying to find a way to beat him and with his friends. And there's a lot of like, my, you know, you're my dad, but I hate you. You were never around. And then he's like, well, I don't even know who you are. You, you know, like, there's a reason why I left you. It's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh. Stuff, doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Uh, but it's pretty funny. I think the scenes with Lloyd and uh, Lord Garmadon together are pretty funny. They a lot of just father son thing where you see the normal tropes of them bonding, and then the father essentially just destroying it near the end, eroding the whole relationship and saying, "Yeah, I really don't care about you though, because I'm a bad guy." So <laughs> I'm just a piece of shit yeah. anyway. So that was really fun. Um, Does it run too long? Like the I felt like Lego Batman and even the Lego Movie are kind of really great at moments but yeah. are there some points of those films where it goes on too long with the same joke or, or plot wise it kind of just goes stale in the middle well, yeah i like I, I like this one um more than actually lego batman and not in the sense nice. that it's a better movie but just like everything seemed a little tighter like the jokes were very specific like mm-hmm. we're moving on to this joke we're going to the next thing here's the next joke. there's nothing lingering um nice. n- not too many callbacks it's the plot isn't all over the place they kind of outline the whole plot for you like midway to the film they have to go on this journey to find like the the their kind of spirit of finding out to be the master of ninjago and so they ha- the master the guy who plays uh played by jackie chan tells them you need to go to these four locations and if mm-hmm. you able to beat this this will happen this will happen this will happen oh, really? and so <laughs> they go through this whole journey and it's a long segment and all those things happen and it's of like course. okay so <laughs> see i i get that nabil but batman Come on. The Batman, the movie. I didn't think Lego Batman was that great. Yeah, I think Lego Batman, the references were funny because, you know, you know, Batman, you know, the comic book characters. It's funny, but I like the, fact the movie that itself, I, I didn't say think I saw it was it with you. No, I like the fact that it, it, not. it poked fun at I see it with? him always wanting to, like, work alone. Yeah. It, it just sort of 
like explored that a little bit more and made and poked fun at it. That's but so I think I, kinda, I, kinda I like think that. it worked as a ten minute segment in the Lego Movie. Yeah. I don't think it worked as an hour and forty minute film. movie. I did think it, it did go a little too I knocked, long. I knocked but, out too. But yeah. overall, <laughs> uh, overall, I th- I thought it was good. And um, it's funny. I mean, it's just as funny. It's yeah. got some good dialogue in it. But like James was saying, I feel like some of those jokes kind of just went. Because I would say like the Lego Movie was good for adults yeah. and kids, and I think the Batman Movie was more for kids. That's why I'm thinking, is Ninjago like a mix of it I thought again? it was a good little mix. Like, it's still kitty. Like, don't, it's don't get it. It's don't get Legos wrong. and their little toy ninjas. But I think that they have more... Uh, not It's not as good as a Lego movie, but I think it has more in kind to what the Lego movie was than was Lego Batman. Nice. Gotcha. Uh, but definitely worth a watch. And it's, you know, an hour and 30. It's not even that long. So really quick watches to go through, too. We're going to probably check that one out. I also got a chance to see Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson film. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. And you guys have I, both seen that, right? I, no. I haven't. No. I haven't. I've tried no. to go multiple times. I thought you, I thought you did. No. James? Bitches, bitches flaking. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Man, shit. dude, we should go. Fuck it. You guys should. I don't think it's playing anywhere. There's like oh, one well, showing. We won't go. I'm going to tell you right now, if you didn't know, Avengers has been out for three weeks and it's playing in every theater and every screen in every theater. So there's like no showings available for almost anything else. No, I know that. True. But I mean, I think Isle of and Dogs was already like a pretty limited release. Yeah, there was like with. the where I saw it, it was the only showing for the day. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna. Watch at this it. point, it's maybe just in like, Sac- Sacramento, probably playing. Yeah, there, at this maybe. point, it's like it's probably gonna go digital next month. I'll just buy it. It it was funny though. It was good. It so you didn't get hurt by any cultural appropriation. So I can see where people were getting at about the cultural appropriation. It's and Wes Anderson, guys. I didn't really think it was maybe maybe because I'm not Japanese, but I'm hold not, on. You are slightly Indian. I am Southeast were Asian. Were you? Offended by Darjeeling Limited? I was not. And they say the same thing. Yeah. Case solved. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that bad. Here's here's what I thought was kind of. He got a little lazy, and he was probably trying to be creative. Some of the characters' names. There's Atari. There's King. There's Boss. There's Yoko Ono. You know, you heard some of the names. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's. I was like, pretty shitty. Okay. He wasn't really trying lie. to get too creative with the Japanese names, but besides that, I thought he did really well. the 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 people in the film all speak Japanese. I heard about that. Hundred yeah. percent Japanese. Nobody speaks English. There's this one lady when they're showing newscasts, which is like throughout most of the scenes because it's like a government thing's going on. She's the narrator speaking English, so she's essentially a translator. Mm. Um, and all the dogs speak English. They're yes. speaking dog. I heard they let you know in the beginning. Yeah, they right? give you the whole yeah. preface in the beginning, but which I don't think is a bad thing. So. You know, it's all set in Japan. Isn't the main kid Japanese? He's also? Japanese. He's a kid oh. who's trying to find his dog. So it's a world where they, um, the dogs have some kind of disease that's spreading around mm-hmm. Japan, and they, uh, the government needs to try to figure out. They couldn't find a cure, so they need to figure out a way to get rid of the dogs. So they send him to this garbage island that they have, and all the dogs are just sent there. But this kid wants to find his dog. He's like, no, that's my dog. And finds a way onto the island and is searching for his dog. And these Despite five all packs the of dangers. dogs. Trying, yeah, all the dangers on there. These five dogs, um, they're all alpha dogs, help him to find this other dog. Um, and it's very Wes Anderson. But I think it's actually, it's not as in your face as some of his other films where they're, you know, big elaborate sets. You're going to kind of the same... Um, Tone with the witty banter that's still inside there. Is it like yeah. Fantastic Fox? Yeah, that's what yeah, I was like thinking Fantastic too. Fox. It's much. I think it's a, it's not as in your face as the live action stuff he does. Obviously, um, has a great voice cast: Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Bill Murray, Jeff Goldblum, even Leif Schreiber's in there. 
Wow. Um, so very All good stars. actors. Yeah. Um, it, it was very well done. I think it was a good story just for me to see. There's a couple twists I didn't expect, which was cool. Um, and especially how it ended. It's not also not how I expect it kind of has a cartoony ending, which I kind of liked as well. So uh, it was very fun and definitely worth a watch. And the animation was really well done, too. Very detailed. And uh, I think he did really well to get everything at, at least, again, not being Japanese, I think culturally appropriate. You know, with with the calligraphy, with the, even some of the, the cities, how they're showing them and what they how the people living in their homes and what they're eating. They, they have little scenes like that. And that's cool. Seems pretty, pretty on point. In my yeah, from what I've seen, I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything, but I, I don't see it. OK. Yeah. And that's all I've been watching. So, Marco, what have you been watching? I've also been watching quite a lot since we had a couple extra days here. I ended up binging all of the new youtube red show cobra kai oh how's that uh i fucking loved it i'm i'm not gonna hold that back is I it fucking, i really loved it is it as kind of good as like the karate kid and karate kid 2 or is it I, like i think karate it takes kid? i think it takes the best parts of it and makes it better and yeah it still keeps a lot of the campiness from yeah. the old movies, that's but cool. I mean, at it's the same aware, time, it's another yeah. show that's aware of itself. Exactly, exactly. I think they did a really great job. But um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, basically the show is uh, taking place thirty plus years after the events of the nineteen eighty four original movie, The Karate Kid, and it's after the All Valley Karate Tournament that Daniel Larusso and Johnny Lawrence uh, faced off at. And the series basically focuses on Johnny's side and him wanting to reopen the Cobra Kai dojo, which reignites the rivalry between him and Daniel LaRusso. So that's the ba- that's the gist of the plot. So it brings back the originals, Ralph Macchio as Daniel LaRusso, William Zapka as Johnny Lawrence, uh, newcomers Mary Mauser, who plays Daniel's daughter, Samantha, and uh, Zolo Mariduana, who plays Miguel Diaz. And like I said, I'm, I'm loving it. it. It's a perfect balance of uh, new content and old uh, rehash to fit our, I guess, our current times. What they do with with Johnny Lawrence, I think, is, is really great because he's he's this kind of like broken hero. He's more like an anti. He's like an anti-hero really in the show. Yeah, that would make sense, though. Um, he's kind of the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to you get to know him a lot more. Um, you see more of the rivalry between him and Daniel Larusso explained from Johnny's side, which is great because the Karate Kid originally we all get Daniel Larusso's side, right. and there's that recurring joke on YouTube, and I think it was brought up in the show How I Met Your Mother that the whole time it was Daniel Larusso who is the quote unquote bully, bully. and not Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. They don't really like put that out in your face they, they sort of speculate it but at the same time you you see both sides basically and you see that it's all a matter of circumstances and misunderstandings that there's certain points in the show where they even toy the idea that these two guys actually could have been friends and how they actually really do think alike in many ways and play around that uh the new characters bring kind of a new flair to the show i really enjoy the guy who plays Miguel, the actress that plays Samantha, they they do really well at showing what the the consequences of their mentors being Johnny and Daniel Larusso, what their consequences do to drive the new characters' actions, and I, I like that a lot. It, they're 
each character kind of has a, a true arc in the show. And I thought that that was pretty cool because you, you're seeing all these stories sort of intermingle mm. and to see the arc on, on each single character or each single main character and even some of the background characters, I was like, wow, that's actually pretty good writing. Like no one was really left in the wind. Maybe Daniel LaRusso's wife, but she's kind of like a minor character. But overall, the, the comedy is really good. There's some really like deep moments in some of the later episodes as well where you, you sympathize with, with Johnny and see like, man, this guy's really... He's really fucking trying. He was a piece of shit in the past, but he's really trying to do like something new. Um, there's some curveballs from some of the other uh, characters in there, and I'm I'm trying like really hard not to spoil it because it's a really good show. And man, it's still sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right oh, now. Wow. It's getting really? 90 97% audience score. You know, it's I wouldn't say it's for everybody. Um, if you're a fan of the original movies, because it does do a lot of callbacks to the first two movies specifically. Uh, I would say this show is for you. Uh, if you like kind of those self-aware type comedies, uh, give this a chance if you have YouTube Red, though some of the episodes are available for free with ads on YouTube. Just YouTube them and you can see like maybe half the season for free. Uh, some people might have even uploaded the whole season. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, check it out because I love it. It's already got a second season uh approved so i think this is the first successful youtube red yeah. toy, truthfully well and especially because it's not just a youtuber making know, a, right? that they're making a show out of it's yeah. the actual production for once because yeah. i went in with really low expectations and then came out on the other end just really surprised and overwhelming overwhelmingly impressed so yeah i'm like four episodes in i'm gonna get back to it eventually um like i said it's, it's almost a parody of itself really. yeah like, it's a parody of... That's how I looked at it, too. Would you say it's more... I mean, you're making it sound like it's a mixed bag, but is it more like a comedy or more kind of kiddie drama like The Karate Kid? It's more like a comedy, okay. I think. I could and see it on, like, The CW. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it that so way. So, up, up, kind of lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's a, there's a it's definitely a lot more adult-oriented, too. Like, yeah. it's it's definitely rated R. So, oh, really? Yeah. They, they, they say fuck in this and shit. So <laughs> I'll yeah. say too that like it's cool to see Ralph Macchio like he's like 57 by the oh, way. Oh yeah, he's an older guy. But like he definitely still you can tell he was still working. Yeah. His acting's really good. I think Johnny's maybe the weakest link on that one acting wise. He gets better in the later episodes, but the first first few, four so far, man. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, man, this guy hasn't worked in a while. <laughs> yeah, but it's it still works and, and it kind of gives that nostalgic fe- feeling to like the original movie cuz I I watched the original movie recently Before going into that. Yeah. And uh man, it, yeah, th- there's some kind of like cringy moments in that movie where you're just like, "Oh man, it's it's oh, yeah, classic, yeah. but still oh, yeah. some really shitty moments." Um I mean, William Zabka, no no offense to the guy, but he wasn't even a stellar actor in the original either. So it kind of probably goes not, hand yeah. in hand. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I do agree with James there that his acting is not up to par. You you kind of overlook it though with the the yeah, overall the story. Whole story mm. was, yeah. And uh the Mr. Miyagi homage in the show is really great. It's, oh, that's you'll cool. see James. But aside from that, you were right, Nabil. Infinity War is taking over every single movie theater. Every so when uh, my two wonderful nieces wanted to spend time with their really awesome uncle and go see a movie. Oh, James? Is that? Uh, oh, you're the uncle. Yeah, hey, oh, me. Damn it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one uncle here. No. So um, 
they uh, wanted to go see a movie, and of course, the only one that really came to mind was uh, Overboard. <laughs> not not really my first choice, I'll tell you that. But you know what? I can't say no to them. Is so that kid appropriate? If know. if they're if they're listening, uh, they want you know, to love see you both. Overboard? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Are your nieces yeah. twenty twenty nine <laughs> and forty three years old? <laughs> no, they just yeah they they caught you know they, they caught some interest in the movie, and I was like, all right, let's go see it. Overboard is uh, a rom com. That's sort of uh, a rehash of the uh, 1987 movie starring Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Which basically, a lot about, of people love, by the way. Yeah, it's basically about a uh, spoiled wealthy yacht owner who's overthrown, uh, overboard on a yacht, and then gets amnesia. And so the other person in this scenario, being uh, Anna Faris's character, Kate, takes advantage of the situation and... Uh, poses as the other person's spouse and the whole thing lasted a whole month the whole con scheme i guess if you will and in the original it was the female who fell overboard Goldie right. Hawn, and yeah. it was kurt russell who came in and said that oh i'm your husband so basically in this movie she's doing it because she's raising three daughters by herself and she's trying to become a nurse and improve her life while at the same time getting revenge on some rich asshole that treated her like crap and destroyed all her equipment for work. I enjoyed it. It was all right. It's it's not like the best movie, but I went in with super low expectations. It was the parts that were in Spanish were really funny because um, the main character, uh, Eugenio Derbez, is a very famous uh, Mexican actor. And uh, I thought that he actually was really good, better than Anna Faris. I was not impressed with her performance in the movie. I think I've seen better. Yeah, she was she's... she was way better in <laughs> the uh, scary movie series and also in the movie Just Friends. Like she's hilarious in those movies, but in this one, like she not falls flat and just kind of like overdoes it. She's a little over the top, and that kind of like turned me off from the movie. But um, it's okay. It's a if if you like rom coms, you know, go see it. Um, it's not, it's not anything to be overly excited about. I wasn't too impressed, but I wasn't too disappointed. (laughs) So that's pretty much all I've been watching. Uh, well, there's a whole shit ton of other stuff, but I'll, I'll keep you all posted in later episodes. All right, let's go move on to our topic of the week here. All right, so this topic here was actually submitted by my brother, Jonathan Ring. So he brought it up to me asking, or kind of as a kind of a cool topic in a way. It's, I think it's because we had seen A Quiet Place with kind of John Krasinski going from actor to director. And it's one of those things where he wanted to know who's your favorite actor slash actress turned director and kind of give a recommendation of kind of why. Our explanation here would be, a film that we like them in perhaps as an actor slash actress and then a recommendation on why they are our favorite here uh and then we can also go into kind of like a, mem- a not just a memorable film but also um an honorable mention on top of that of another director that maybe made it made the cut but something kind of just as a recommendation for our listeners here of people that have acted but become directors so starting with marco who's the guy or gal or person sorry that you like the best i gave this uh quite some thought and 
pretty much weighed everything based on how many movies of certain directors I've seen and how many movies of them I've seen and eventually landed on Clint Eastwood. I just pick. Yeah. Very good pick. Uh, I've seen a shit ton of his movies. I haven't seen all of his movies, um, but I've seen. He's done a lot. Yeah. I've seen quite a bit. Bridges and, of Madison County. Yeah. And because he happens to, uh, Unforgiven, because he happens to star in many of his movies too, um, it's sort of like a two for one. Yeah. But uh, his films have great storytelling from what I've seen. The performances are always amazing. Um, the movies themselves are very memorable. Like just, I mean, just the, the two that we mentioned are yeah. very memorable. My pick too, just to jump into with this, is Clint Eastwood as well. Um, I'd say directing wise, not so much recently, I guess, but a lot of his earlier films, I think, were a lot more solid. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen like the thirteen fifteen to Paris or anything. But I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought Sully was pretty good either. though. And like before that mid two thousands, he was kind of murdering it out too with Million Dollar Baby, Mystic River. He just has a broad range, too, because um, even Jersey Boys was really good, and that's very different from some of the other films he's you done. Know, yeah, not a bad movie. Yeah, like Gran Torino as well. Very Gran Torino was yeah. a movie he made mm-hmm. while he was finishing up like Flags of Our Fathers and mm-hmm. Letters to Iwo Jima. Like, both films are great movies. Yep. Workaholic much? Uh, yeah, and he's like... 90-something. Damn, is he 90 now? Yeah. Jesus. But yeah, uh, almost all his films that I've seen, I'd say about 90% of the ones I've seen have all been like hits for me. For me personally, maybe not for everybody, but just, you know, Grand Torino, obviously, The Unforgiven, uh, Mystic River. Um, I'm 50-50 on that one. I enjoyed it. Don't think it was that great, but I still liked it a lot. I like it a lot. His, his most memorable one for me uh, that I would definitely recommend is A Perfect World with Kevin Costner. It's an early 90s film, and basically it's about uh, an ex-convict, or actually a convict, who is running from the law, ends up kidnapping a kid, and the kid and him end up forming a bond as they're being chased by the cops. And I know that sounds like a really weird like storyline. It works, but, though. Yeah, but yeah, you have to watch the movie. It's really great. It's There's got a lot of heart-wrenching scenes in it. But I, I think it's definitely one of uh, Clint Eastwood's best. So I, I don't know about. I forgot about that one yeah. until you brought it up, and then I was like, "Oh my god, I remember that movie, dude." That that movie, like I said, it fucking teared me up. It still tears me up to this day. So, uh, movie wise, that he's directed for me, I think. Whenever I think of Clint Eastwood, I I think a lot of people either go for um, like the Man with No Name, that whole trilogy, like yeah. from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, or they go Dirty Harry. With um, Harry Callahan, which are like the two main movies that I always, I myself, kind of associate him with. Because, I don't know, man. I grew up always thinking like Clint Eastwood was like a super badass Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And the fucking huge magnum and shit like that, especially from Dirty Harry. Um, Do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah, I know. He's like, how many shots, right? I love that scene. He's got so many things in that movie and it still holds up pretty well today. Um, But for me... Because I think he I he just has this natural like ability for westerns. So Unforgiven, which came out in nineteen ninety two, is maybe like a perfect western. I, I think so. Say. I uh, it's yeah, amazing. Like that's a five out of five star movie for me. Um it stars Clint Eastwood as Bill Money, uh Gene Hackman's in there, he's little Bill Daggett, and then there's Morgan Freeman as Ned Logan. Mm-hmm. And it's the story about a guy that has retired from his profession but is kind of finally thrown back into it. Yeah. Um. What a fantastic movie! Great acting by all the main three leads. Um. 
This is the one where he kind of just swept the Oscars too. Uh, Clint Eastwood just got a ton of things going on. Ninety two. <laughs> I think um, it's where he really kind of solidified his direct uh, being a director. No, British Man's well. Academy. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I, I think that movie Hogan's stands Hero? as one of the like definitive uh, westerns in as like the a modern dark era, western, modern western. Especially, yeah. yeah, it's it's like it defines the modern western era is the Unforgiven because it when I saw it with my dad like years ago in theaters. Yeah, I'm old. I know we we know this. Like I was just too. in, yeah, I was just in awe. So, yeah, yeah, I was like three or four. So. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in college, where I analyzed it too much. But um, yeah, that one—that's almost like I said, like a perfect film. What, what do you think he's better as an actor or a director, James? Man, it's a little bit of both. Truthfully, like I think it's just with his age now, his directing is getting there. Yeah. Although Sully was really good. So I've yet to see that one. I want to came out it. what two years ago, so I can't really say. But I mean, I didn't like Changeling, for instance, with Angelina Jolie. No, too not too much. I actually thought that was an Angelina Jolie. So movie. did I for the longest time. Yeah, and then I, I saw so it when I was researching. I was like, shit, he did do that yeah. one, which is strange. But I mean, there's just certain movies that every director has a hit or miss, right? Yeah. But for the most part, he's solid in both because like he's has some of the most classical roles ever. He's been in World War II films, cowboy films, uh, dramas. dramas. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. Cause I, like a perfect film to say he's as good as an actor as a director, I'd say is Million Dollar Baby. He's great one, yeah. in both roles, both roles as a writing. director yeah, and actor. True. So I'd say he's about even, man. I would say Gran Torino for me. Gran Torino's great yeah, too, man. Where he's really good in his role and also his directing. I don't know. I kind of like him. Himself. I, yeah, yeah I, I'm just yeah. kidding. I, <laughs> I kind of like him better uh, as a director, to be honest, because as as on point as he is as an actor, at the same time, he almost falls, almost falls under that range of actors that are good in every movie, but they're almost like the same it de- character. It depends, though. He's like, it's like Denzel Washington guys I did that, and Morgan Freeman. That and also, <laughs> have you ever seen The Rookie with... Yeah, yeah. Anthony Hopkins too. They're all the same people in every movie. Well, I think that like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood to me is what probably like our parents' generations. Uh, John Wayne is like they would think. See, John Wayne is like he's a cowboy. He's the American cowboy. He's what people yeah. looked at. Uh, yeah, no, no, I like John Wayne. There's okay. <laughs> but no, to no, me, like mean. Ken Eastwood was like that no, icon. Right, like right. he's the American icon for me for uh, as far as acting is concerned, what film was embodying during that time. And even now, some of his films like Clint Eastwood is like the ultimate badass. And team. like American Sniper, I thought was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Film as well. I thought it was great. So shot well. Yeah. I think it just depends when he has a budget for a film. Really. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I find it 50 50 for me. I uh, it's like sixty forty for me. I, I like him just a little bit more as a director. Um, I again, he's he's got a broader range as far as the films that he directs versus the no, films that he yeah, the acts in. Um, and as, as far as movies that he's been in that are memorable for me, it's got to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, oh, that's a great one. It's yeah, it's which not, strangely enough between the three in the trilogy though, I don't think it's the strongest one, but. That's a tale for another day. Yeah. Uh, Nabil, what about you? What is your um, your favorite one? We're going to do our honorable mentions afterwards. Yeah. Uh, well, I had Clinton Eastwood on my list, but um, another top uh, director, in my opinion, is Mel Gibson. Um, and he hasn't directed too many films. Crazy Mel. But he's, you know, he's a, he's a bit 
on the edge a lot of the time. He actually he's coming back. Guys. He's coming back. Hacksaw though. Ridge was great. It was a great film. Um, my favorite film that he's directed, I think, is and I think most of you guys probably agree to this is Braveheart, uh, back in '95, where he's just playing yeah. as William Wallace. Epic battle scenes. Another movie, another movie where the actor turned director just swept the Oscars. Yeah, too, just yeah. like that overnight, like a success story right there. And mm-hmm. didn't even have to act again. He did, but he didn't have to. Could have just kept directing. Um, great movie, great set pieces. Just there was so much. It, it's a very big endeavor for a film like that. It's such an epic oh, tale, yeah. and he was able to take that on. And I mean, I know people that you know younger than us that can quote that film and see from from. Uh, from end to end and and it's like a, it's a masterpiece as far as uh no that movie's great um anybody's concerned for you know epic battles especially english and scottish battles great film for me though i think what defines mel gibson as a character is um his character is Riggs in uh lethal weapon bullshit oh, yeah. yeah bullshit <laughs> i think i think that is mel gibson <laughs> you know the most memorable part is um when he puts the magnum to his throat and he's just like do it uh, like a psychopath <laughs> yeah sweating down and he's got those like crazy that. eyes mm-hmm. and then when he goes into his fucking trailer home on the beach it's like a mansion for real <laughs> like you look at it from the outside it's like it nothing <laughs> some of the sets don't quite coincide well yeah. and i think national lampoon did a movie uh what was it secret weapon or something like that Lo- oh, fully loaded uh, weapon yes. or something like that? loaded weapon loaded weapon one. yeah they yeah. make fun of like how he walks in like god damn this looks bigger no the, I that's mean, your most memorable mel- oh you know what he's, he's done a lot of roles though he has done a lot i mean i liked him in conspiracy theory a lot i thought that was great but like, again i think psycho mel is the best mel like mad honest. max yeah mad max kind of thing like where he's just really crazy and angry because he's or ransom crazy where he just goes batshit no, mine would be hands down uh, the patriot Dude, he's uh, tomahawking <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> in the forest, bro. Okay, that that was he cool spikes movie. a man with the he united does. states of america flag <laughs> I, I have to go with the Road Warrior. Yeah, my fucking Max. love that movie. It was on Gallipoli. not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't say anything. He just stands there in his hands. What women yeah. want? Well, great he knew movie. what women wanted. It's a great movie. <laughs> they can never make it nowadays, though. Would the Beaver ne- was good. Anybody see that? You know what? Beaver's pretty good. That's yeah. when he was kind of coming back from mm-hmm. being crazy and really shit. Good. The Man Without a Face. That's a great one too, dude. Mm-hmm. He's done. I mean, he's, he's done, done a lot of roles. roles. No, no, he's a good actor. We don't really know what his accent is anymore. He's just kind of Australian American, well, more American. He's, he's from America and then yeah, moved to Australia. Yeah. So that's why, for instance, the movie Gallipoli, where he's an Australian runner in World War One, he has a full fucking Aussie Australian. Accent. Same with Road Warrior, but then it slowly disappears. Yeah. yeah. So we don't really know where he is, but. I mean, and I was telling James before, the one of the films he directed, Apocalypto, I was always so scared to watch it because of the, it's a lot of cannibalism in there. Yeah, it's pretty and, gruesome. And it's pretty gruesome. But when you watch it, like, it's actually a really well done film. Oh, no, it's great. Like, it's, I really liked it. It's only there yeah. for when it needs to be there. The Dude, Passion of the Christ is good. Great it's, film It's right watching there. Jesus get beat for two mm-hmm. hours, bro. So, and Hacksaw Rich <laughs> is good, and that was a Hacksaw film Ridge where... You don't know what's going to really happen and how That's it a ends, movie that you like, forget some Mel Gibson film until about... Uh, an hour and ten minutes in, yes. and then a guy's leg blows up, and you're, and you're like, like, "Holy oh, yeah. shit!" And then you're like, "Oh yeah, it's Mel Gibson. Never mind." <laughs> That's one I still need to see. Oh fuck! It's so good. definitely think he's he's one of the better uh, directors uh, or actors turned director. So would you think is he a better actor or better director? Um, I don't think he has many as many memorable quote roles as Clint Eastwood. Like I, I shouldn't say memorable, iconic roles. Oh, Lethal Weapon is pretty. Lethal Mad Weapon Max, is pretty though. good. He has some good roles. I think his acting is good. Never, I've never considered him like an Oscar caliber actor, but I think he's like top tier for sure. Um, we Were Soldiers was really good too. 
That was I forgot about that. Uh, uh, you know, really I didn't like that one as much. We were soldiers. I mean, I've seen I've yeah. seen it so many times too. That's but I think his his I, honestly I think his directing is better. I think if he sticks to that, um, just because his films scale wise seem to be much bigger too, and I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. Especially if you're thinking of Braveheart going yeah. forward, like oh my god, it's right? a pretty big scale films. Uh, so guys, what? Just because uh, we're running up on the time on this, because I do want to get a review in. What did you guys think? I know some of them didn't make the cut, but what did you guys think overall? Like an honorable mention, someone that maybe hasn't directed as much, or you think might still kind of need something to prove. Uh, Marco, what was yours? My honorable mention, or maybe is... maybe there's just multiple. Sorry, by the way, multiple directors you like, and it's hard to choose. So this yeah. would be like your go-to guy for a secondary. Oh, for secondary, um, if just one guy from what I've seen, um, dude, I like Ben Affleck. It's yeah. pretty solid. I, uh, Argo and the Town. The Town is an amazing movie. I Argo is pretty good. The Town. I remember. I remember Nabil had seen it way before me, and I was like, "I'll get to it eventually." I kept telling him, "It's such a good movie." I and then I watched it. it, and I was like, "My God!" Gone Baby Gone, also really good. That's pretty good. He directed his own brother. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you well? And then what do you what movie wise? What did you like him in? As an actor, as an actor, as, an, as, an actor, uh, as himself. Um, I would say also in the town. I think he it was uh, double really whammy in that one. one. He he's actually the main attraction in the film. To be honest, like, I like Jeremy Renner. Jer- yeah, Jeremy Renner. Like Jeremy Renner. Also another person who's really stood yeah. out in those. Ba- Batman two. versus Hawkeye, man. Yes. I mean, you know, he was also good in Daredevil. <laughs> Shit. Controversial. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, I thought you were gonna I was be hoping like, no one bring that Gilly? up. What about bounce with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh gosh. <laughs> I'd be like, what the fuck, man? Um, I actually think he's really good in um, Saving Amy, by the way. Kevin Smith movie. So that's oh, Chasing yeah. Amy. Chasing Amy. Yeah. That's one of my personal favorites. Actually, so. you know what? Yeah. Yeah. That's also a really good one. He was in all those early Kevin Smith films. Mm-hmm. But now they're not friends, so. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, I could have used the a business changes for Batman. It does really. So, and then um, I think he said something mean about Jennifer Gardner or something like that. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Because uh, everybody knows, if if you don't already, uh, I have a little bit of partialism to uh, George Clooney. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> Is it because he's a terrible director? Because he's a good director <laughs> and he has some great films. There's not one George Clooney film. I good night. Like. And good luck. Favorite film from George Clooney. I fell, um, I fell asleep. Michael well, Clayton. It's black and he white. He did not direct that film. Oh, then never mind. No. Uh, good night and good luck is a good film. It's about you know his father was a, a news anchor, and it's about kind of the news in the fifties during the communist era, uh, and that was a really good take on that. It was all in black and white. He's starring in it. It's one of the earlier Robert Downey Jr. films after he was coming back from you know his hiatus of being drug high rehab. Drugs. <laughs> so he's barely in drug the rehab. He's barely in the film, but. Um, that's a that's a I think Don't a really good film. Don't you give this guy any more goddamn credit? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I'm gonna be the guy that's negative against this film. Or the George. I don't. I think he's. I think he's a terrible. I director. think James does think he's a terrible film. With with just cause. I mean, the director. The films that he's directed. Ides of March. Um, not so good. Monuments Man. He's only directed so six movies. Just let you know. Yeah, he's he's. His he, best movie was Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I'll give him that. That was a good film. With Sam um, Rockwell. Yeah. Pretty solid film. That was in 2002. Good night. Good, good luck. Yeah, I, I, I have no opinion of this. I don't think I've seen I'm gonna any battle of the movies he... Uh, I'm going to battle this guy. He directed. So but, this is, and, and as far as starring is concerned, I think he is better as an before. actor than he is as a director, for sure. I'm just going to start um, placing bets here. 
I like him in the Ocean series. Is he a better actor compared to a director? Kidding. Yes. Yeah, he is. Um, Ocean's Twelve series, uh, Ocean's Eleven series. I'm sorry, are are really good films. Yeah, I think oh, that's, I really like that. That's George Clooney in a nutshell. That's I why I'm almost know. like Ocean. Uh, like, and of course, the reason why I mentioned wa- the reason why we watch these movies is because Michael of, uh, Clayton. Michael Clayton Michael is Clayton great. Is actually uh, a, that's a okay good movie. If you I like really attorney liked it. films, Up in the Air is really good too. Up in the Air, Out of Sight. I really like Out of Sight. Um, I think that's. Have you? When was the last time you seen that film? Um, probably when it first came of, out. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of. Them, I'll admit, I haven't I seen that seen one. It. I think it's a really it's well done 90s, film. It's the only film I like with Jennifer Lopez in it, mind you. So he's he's done, and of course, Oh Brother Batman, Where Art right? Batman. No, forget. We just <laughs> forget no, about Batman. That's no, not a thing. We never uh, talk about Batman. No, the worst Batman no. ever. He fought never talk about film. Right? Is that where you're going with? Never, never bring that up. I'm gonna also just tell you garbage films that this guy's directed: <laughs> Leatherheads, Ides of March, Monuments Men, Suburbicon. But all you know what? Terrible. I still hey, you know what? Suburbicon. Nabil and I, both Nabil and I, chose Batman's. Same. That's true, actually. Good, go- good That's job, true. guys. Yeah, you guys like the. You know what? My favorite guy, Val Kilmer. <laughs> 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 you got me. <laughs> Fuck, you caught me. No, oh, mine, guys. Let me let you know. Is Terry Gilliam. Who, once again, his movies are probably some of the most batshit crazy things I've ever seen in my life. It's definitely not for everyone, as probably Nabil knows as well. Because for every... Oh, man. Can you even say any Terry Gilliam films are normal? Mm, No. (laughs) It's definitely those films that if you look at your phone for two minutes, you're probably going to have to go back. Yeah. Because and it's not like you go back two minutes for being on the phone two minutes. You got to go back like twenty minutes just yeah. to catch up and say wait. Because these guys basically? will roll with the plot line. I mean, like, have you seen Brazil? Brazil, you know, I've, most ne- I've never con- seen that one, but I've heard. Have they ruined movies. the ending for you? I hope they didn't. No, because if no. people ruin the ending, there's no point in seeing that. Well, no, it's, no, it's no, well done. yeah, it's. it's, it's I'm fine. not going to say the ending, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, I'm meaning to watch it though. It's a. I don't. I don't particularly like Brazil because it's too weird. If that's possible, <laughs> but my favorite one is definitely um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, Sam, uh, a really good friend of mine, Bobby, got me into it when I was working back at Sears back in the day, and I think I've seen that movie like eight or nine times now. Man, it's I really it's a, like it. It's a and great it, movie. It's a trippy movie too. It's pretty trippy. You know, it's based on a Hunter S. Thompson book, and it has a lot of imagery that I just like, and I like the whole narrative of it all. Sam, um, I, I don't. It, it's it's very like almost like a whole drug trip. The whole freaking oh yeah, the movie. whole the film yeah. is in, uh, shot so that it's almost like you're on the trip with them. The whole yeah, time. and which I thought was really art- artistically great. If you're like if you're not used to like these type of movies, it's probably one you you might have to watch like twice or more. Yeah, and I'm like for instance, I don't even think like his other films are too great. That's why I made it more of a memorable. Yeah, like Brothers Grimm is eh. Uh, Dr. Parnassus should have never been finished. No offense to Heath Ledger. No, but well, that's yeah, why that they shouldn't ter- have had That terrible. They should have just ended that. Stuff like that. And his new Don Quixote movie looks terrible. And it, that's been in like, he's been trying to make that for like 30 fucking years. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those movies where it it's not looking too great from the uh, trailers. Yeah. I'm hoping it is better than it looks. But, you know, it's Fear and Loathing. I loved Time Bandits, all that kind of stuff, man. Um, as an actor wise I don't think he was particularly strong as an actor he was part of the comedy troupe of Monty Python it's a flying circus so yeah. he was in all their movies like Life of Brian and um, which one is the King Arthur one uh, uh, King Arthur the Holy Grail the Holy Grail which you know during high school no offense 
every fucking nerd liked, but I was like, I don't like this. Because truthfully, I don't like British humor. No, you don't. Know. We, well. <laughs> we, we know this I too. think it's dry as fuck. He, he doesn't like British movies either, apparently, so. I, sorry, guys. It's <laughs> not funny. Physical comedy is not that funny to me. The, you know, the dry humor. I like the dry humor. I the physical comedy. I it, don't. <laughs> to, to be fair, that, that's that's some of the problem with some of the Latin American comedies. It's too like physical comedy, like I know. slapstick shit. I know. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I like I like the verbal jokes better. I like it when it's more like a smart joke, yeah. not a, like not a, like Mr. Ha, Bean. Ha, ha. I love Mr. You know Bean. What? Mr. Bean's okay. But, yeah. But overall, so there though, you go. take a look at our recommendations, guys. We brought up some great uh, actors turned directors there. There's plenty more. Feel free to share it with us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, who do you like? Uh, maybe Jordan Peele or um, Ron Howard or Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Or Taika Waititi. Yeah, stuff like that. Let's move on now to our movie review of the film The Girl with All the Gifts. She saved me, and you're still afraid of her? Yeah, and you should be too. I am producing a vaccine and she is the main ingredient. What am I? Hope. That's what you are. I just want to live. Everyone wants that. She loves you. What the hell is this? The world is falling apart. You can save people, Melanie. You can save everybody. All right, guys, so a IMDb description of this one is a scientist and a teacher living in a dystopian future embark on a journey of survival with a special young girl named Melanie. This is directed by Cole McCarthy. He did mostly TV stuff, so I I think one of you guys have seen P.E. Blinders or both of you. Uh, I have. So yeah, yeah he's Marco. done like six episodes of that. Uh, Black Mirror from the recent most recent season, he directed the last episode, Black Museum, which I thought was really good. It was a good episode. episode. Yeah, kind of a, one of the really good episodes. Collaboration of, of everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then most recently, though, he did the pilot episode of the new sci-fi series Krypton, which is based on Superman's gr- uh, grandfather. Yeah. Uh, this stars uh, Sienna Nanua as Melanie. Uh, Patty Considine as Sergeant Eddie Parks, Gemma Everton as Helen Gestineau, and Glenn Close actually as Doctor Caroline Caldwell. Uh, now, Bill, starting with you, uh, yay or nay? Did you did you enjoy it? Oh, and by the way, sorry. Yeah. This was also a. You guys are probably wondering why we're doing a movie in 2017. <laughs> it's 2018. Uh, one of our listeners, Joshua Davis, recommended this film to us a while back, actually, and to me directly, actually. I mean, a while back. This is probably one of our first recommendations when we first started doing things. But hey, it comes to show that we do listen to you guys, and eventually we will we'll get, get your recommendation. Hey, it goes on top of a list, and when we get to it, we get to it. Better late than ever. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Nabil. Uh, back to you. No, uh, it was it was a good recommendation. Um, I liked the film more than I thought I was going to like it, and it it was pretty entertaining throughout. Like I was intrigued. It wasn't. The like the best zombie film I've ever seen, but no. I thought it was I thought it was in- entertaining. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, yay! I I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it at the same time. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of in agreement with Nabil, where nothing really stood out or wowed me, but it was still an enjoyable movie. You know, it's not as memorable as some other uh, zombie movies like Twenty Eight Days Twenty Eight Days Later. That mm-hmm. like really stand out and like grab you, um, 
It was kind of flat in some areas, but uh, some of the ideas introduced in the movie uh, and the themes I, I really enjoyed. But um, yeah, pretty low budget idea. film too, by yeah. the way. So yeah, I, I went in. Uh, blind too. I had no idea what this movie was about. I saw no trailer whatsoever. So you had no idea it was even a oh, is it zombie or hungries or whatever, but hungry. Yeah, affection, but yeah, I mean, the hungries. I had no idea. I've I've been trying to do that with as many movies as I can. It's really hard because I love watching trailers. But uh, one of my buddies who listens to our pod said, "Hey, try it as much as you can and see if it, and then go back and look at the trailer and see if it changes your." Your did you watch a trailer for this one, Bill? I did watch a trailer because oh, okay. I had no idea what the film was I about. Didn't. <laughs> I've never seen a trailer for this one either. Yeah, and uh, I at first I looking at the cover and I just and the had name, a description from yeah. Amazon Prime. Same. I thought maybe yeah. I thought maybe that the, the the main girl Melanie had some sort of like special gift or something that they were trying to discover, like some cure for some disease or something like that, which to a point is kind of like that, but yeah. uh, nothing like how it played out in the film. So um, I thought that was a pretty interesting experience. But um, yeah, what, what about you, James? Uh, I like this one. Congrats, Joshua. You're the first person to recommend a film that actually I'd recommend to someone else. <laughs> no yeah. offense to the previous two, but... Hi, Marks. Yeah. yeah, sorry. It's just, you know, maybe the Amazon Prime movie's better. I don't know. <laughs> so far, and maybe Netflix does have garbage. But I mean, um, as you guys know, I love horror films. Uh, this one wasn't very scary, but it's more of a story-driven one. I'd say, uh, we were talking about it before, I compare this to the video game The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, because the people are actually infected by a kind of a fungus porous kind of a thing that changes them basically yeah it starts off as a fungal infection that if like affects their brain it's based on a real fungus that exists that affects yes, it ants is. i can't remember the name and i couldn't pronounce it even if i had it in front of me so i'm not mm-hmm. even gonna try there's even imagery that shows like the transformation in different stages and it it really reminded me of that game which yeah. i think by the way that game is excellent it's out on yeah ps3 ps4 so that's one of those ones that I definitely recommend. It even has almost a similar kind of ending in it's a way. It's pretty close. Yeah. Maybe that's why I liked it. But um, not perfect. Not the best uh, quote-unquote zombie film because they're not technically ever called zombies in here. They're called hungries. Um, I thought the movie was going to be totally different from the start of it. I thought I was like, oh, it's going to be taking place in this military base. Uh, it's just, someone's going to get out and it's going to take... But, but I, yes. And they do some teases that make it seem that way, too. It does. And I think there's a scene where they are... I'll go into the spoilers. But, I mean, it expands a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. The plot is still very simple in this one. It's very much a... It's very generic. Let's survive. Yeah. I mean, but I think that has to do with the low budget of the film. <clears throat> so, it kind of goes with it for that most point. I, um, I, I think that's kind of what didn't do it for me was that there, like, was, there was nothing too new introduced as far as like a zombie apocalypse movie like you it starts off where they're I think either was, in a contained facility and then yeah you know shit happens and they got to go on the run i would say the difference though is that melanie and them they're tr- like kind of in a school in the beginning yeah which is not very common especially because they're like a special type of zombie or hungry sorry um which is ex- zombies exp- <laughs> yeah it's explained by the doctor later on of why like, what why that's why so i think overall it works in that aspect of it um i liked the character interactions in this one 
I think that's because truthfully, after the first 20 ish minutes, it gets down to a much smaller group that you follow. And I think the especially between Melanie and Helen, um, those are really cool interactions between the two. Because you actually see like a genuine love toward each other as like a mother to a daughter and a daughter to a mother. Huh. Yeah, true bondage. I I agree. I think Senia Nanua did amazing. This she movie. did her, really well in this Her movie. performance is great. She's charming. She's lovable. Like you really Did you feel bad for her? Yeah. I felt so yeah. bad all the time. I because she's she is uh, she's just innocent. She's innocent. She's in just this. a little girl in yeah. a really weird situation. Yeah. Even when she like turns into a hungry and is out doing savage shit, like it's still like you're very sympathetic because she's she's going through that. She's aware. And the fact that, you know, you you see her her strength of wanting to be normal and trying to fit in. It's kind of like, it's heart-wrenching. I think that one of the things I think actually both works well and hurts this film is that it doesn't follow all the same tropes of a zombie film. Um, It does sprinkle in a lot of similar things like, you know, you're locked Mm. in a room, you're, you know, you're going through these hallways in, in a scary place, you're clearing out areas, you're walking through a city. Like, there are some of those similar things, but... There's no fear. There's no jump scare. There isn't something that comes in and says, oh, my God, something crazy just happened. That never really, I felt, happened to me. Like, everything that happened, I kind of expected would come. I I agree with you to a point, Bill, because I think that a lot of the jump scares or what are supposed to be jump scares are expected. And I think it's because we watch a lot of, like, these types of movies that we're not, we're like, okay, I know what's going to happen. But I think that... So, like there are some of the tropes that are kind of similar to where they're they're travel they're trying trying to find a safe place yeah in these types of movies and of course some of the characters in there along the way do something like really stupid and I thought they could have done something different like the the one soldier that's traveling with them with with a sergeant not I'm not talking about um, Eddie Parks but a different character and he goes off foraging for food and he does like some stupid shit and gets cornered and I'm like. That's very typical. But I mean, movie. that's expected, like we said, for this. But no, that that's almost in any horror slash zombie film. Yeah. It's to show a kill, basically. But I think that's what the strength is uh, as well. Because they don't follow all those tropes, so they have some, you know, some of the kind of common zombie tropes, that the character relationships are, I think, what's built best upon. Like, like James was saying earlier, the dialogue and the interactions between them. You spend just enough time... Um, with them, some characters I'd probably want to spend a little bit, like the teacher, probably wanted to get a little bit more insight on her just because she cares a lot about the kids and I kind of want to know why. So, um, yeah. You know, and then Glenn Close's character as a doctor, like you you kind of feel for her at first, but near the end, I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, you know what? It's I like, can you guys just be nice to her? Yeah, fuck? exactly. It's like she's still like super nice. She's like, says good morning to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, man, they treat you like shit. She mm-hmm. calls everyone by name. Yeah, yeah. she knows and everyone. They, and they just call her girl or it or yeah. thing. I think the only one who calls her by name is uh, Helen uh, Justin, now the teacher. Yeah. yeah, she's the only one that humanizes her and everyone doesn't. But I do, I do kind of sympathize with the doctor, though, because she... Th- she believes what she's trying to do is right, even though it's which really I want to discuss as spoilers yeah. from the ultimate, like what happens with that because it's relatable. Yeah, like and you from understand a, yeah, where she's coming sci- from. Yeah, from a scientific point of view and survivalist point of view, and because I'm actually human, I can kind mm-hmm. of like re- I yeah, relate that makes to it, a point. Yeah. <laughs> to a point, I relate. So I agree, actually. <laughs> yeah, Without totally justifiable. Spoiling it before going to spoilers. Who would you guys recommend this to anyone then? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it's a a good zombie film. It's not too gory. It's not too scary. But 
I think if you do like zombie films, there's a good little twist on it. Um, not not too much action, but good enough story to keep you going and wanting to see how it ends. And the ending is, is different. Yeah, I, w- I would too, just for the aspects of it that are different from your uh, stereotypical zombie or post-apocalyptic movies. And yeah, like Nabil is saying, the, 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 the slight twist and also the ending is also pretty good. So yeah, anybody who is into post-apocalyptic movies especially ones with like a deeper story not just filled with action i'd recommend this to them yeah uh me too this is one of those movies where um if you're a horror zombie fan give it a look i thought it was very solid with the performances for instance um i like the sandy new new the girl who plays melanie i thought did really well and um i think just as a story wise even with the twist too it's worth just taking a look at yeah, especially if you have Amazon Prime, this is completely free, free to watch. There, by there, the way, there's some shots in there that are really beautiful. I'll get into that to spoilers. This one I specific, agree too. there's one specific scene where I was just like, "Wow!" Like mouth wide open, just like staring at the screen, thinking, "Wow, that's actually that's really cool." Yeah, strangely enough, pretty good cinematography this one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, lower budget, but doesn't mean they skimped out on certain things. Uh, let's move into spoilers, then, guys. From this point, stop listening to us. <laughs> All right, so in the spoiler section now, guys. Um, so, Marco, go tell me what that scene was that you enjoyed, cinematography-wise. It's, it's the scene, it's close to the end, where Melanie go, walks up to that tower full of spores and, and dead oh, cool. people, yeah. and she lights it ablaze, and yeah. you just see, after all the spores pop, and you see all the, all the spores kind of float. Yeah, that's cool. And it's it's everything ablaze, and it, it, it's so that's the only thing that's illuminated because it's dark. But it just looks so beautiful. Like, it does it's, look it, nice. Yeah, it's almost a kind of metaphor to like maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Peaceful yeah. transition of because something. yeah, like it, it's like a flower blooming too, and and saying like this is the new life. You know, that's gonna be in this world now. No, I agree. Uh, one of my, my scene that I was talking about is when they're. They shot this at like an abandoned airbase, by the way, mm-hmm. as you guys can tell, for the beginning part. Yeah. So there's that scene where there's a bunch of like hangers and stuff, and they're walking out, and there's camera pans to it, and there's the zombies are breaking through. That shot's really well done. That is very good. There's a lot yeah. of shit going on in that scene, and that's where I was like, the scale of this is much bigger than I thought it was going to be. Because a normal film, if it's a real indie, it'd have like five zombies. Like, oh, we gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but this one was like, dude, this is hectic as hell. They gotta well, get the fuck out of there. And that's that threw me off for a little bit, too, because as they pan over it you just think that oh they're gonna fix the fence everything's gonna be okay it's like no nope. you know and <laughs> and it's everything they're so focused on the main story that this is just in the background and then all of a sudden um you know stuff goes down i'm like oh no no this is all happening now so yeah no we're just exactly forward. okay exactly and it's like oh my god what's mm. going on i think there's a couple twists in this film what did you guys think when the doctor kind of does reveal to melanie overall after she kind of has asked her to sacrifice herself that they are alive and the whole time they've thought that they're considered like undead yeah meaning this whole time they've been treating her like shit and that in retrospect that brings up the question who's the real monster? who's the real monsters then mm-hmm. is it the humans or the hungries because technically if that is maybe that's the true evolution of men or people sorry uh maybe they're the people that are supposed to stay on earth and the humans are supposed to die out it pauses the question of survival too 
survivability because the in re, in also in retrospect the they're saying the doctor and the humans are claiming that they're trying to survive and then i think at one point melanie was like so are we like, yeah we're trying yeah. to survive they are too, too exactly and it really like makes you think it's like oh holy shit like this is like a different uh like a, a different way of viewing like a human versus zombie type thing because they're not technically really exactly what did you think about no i agree that's i agree completely it's it's a good question and it's kind of in the same light of like how we talk about ais right now yeah you know and what is considered uh alive and what isn't and they've been lying in the movie they've been lying to the kids and making them feel like that they were the disease you know the dead coming back alive but these kids were kind of a little special but really they were just an evolved life form um Mm -hmm. and the second generation of beings from what this disease was especially because they were born she reveals that they were born which in a way in a gruesome way but they were born very gruesome picture to tell you how they're born i was like oh yeah i was like jesus christ but um yeah i mean it really is a question of who deserves to live you know and i agree with the sense of the doctor being you know a human being that I'm going to do what I have to do. And the fact that as as you see her perspective, you start hearing, well, especially from the teacher, that she wants to kind of save them because they're people. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to die if we don't do it. So, you know, what are you going to do here? Exactly. So that's why, you know, Melanie ultimately makes that choice of releasing the pods. Yeah. Which kind of dooms everyone. Yeah. That's basically, kind of the end except of for the hungries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I liked that aspect of kind of thinking about it because a lot of times in zombie films you always assume the zombies are the bad guys. Yeah, like every time. Melanie is sort of like the bridge, though, that kind of sees she's she more realizes like a it finally. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's talking about a story in the beginning of the movie about like finding her happily ever after, and if you think about it, it's like the doctor is the villain in her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So then, if you look at it, the perspective from Melanie. It's like maybe they're wrong, actually, which I I liked because I've n- I've never questioned something like that before in a zombie flick. Yeah, and it's a it's a tough thing to think about because at, at the same time as as much as it puts uh, Glenn Close's character as a villain, like I was saying, you can kind of understand. Oh, you know where she's coming from. Trying, yeah, for sure. She's just trying to you know operate on Melanie and essentially you know killing her so to speak in order to find a cure yeah for this and keep her species alive and you find yourself kind of with a tug of war because you feel for melanie and then you can see where the doctor's coming from and it's like you said it's not something that you come across in these types of movies no definitely not um at the very end of the film so melanie and helen have switched roles in a way in the fact that in the beginning of the movie melanie is definitely a prisoner and Helen is teaching her. And this time around, Helen is now a prisoner because uh, Melanie traps her inside the little mobile laboratory. Yeah. So she's not affected by the spores, but ultimately becoming a prisoner. And she brings the existing kids plus the feral kids to kind of learn from that. Um, did you guys like that kind of a somber yet? It's kind of a somber ending in a way. It's not a exactly yeah. It's not exactly I, happily ever after for everyone. No. The hungry's yes, because oh, yeah. now they're getting education and shit. But I mean, it's one of those like, well, this is life. I, I liked I liked that twist and I liked the, the different type of ending. But I also kind of had like a few questions after like there. So there's two subspecies of hungries. They're the feral kids that have like no education or just basically wild, quote unquote. And then you have the students 
who actually they're all they're they're all technically the same type though. Yeah, they were born from a. Okay, see, I figured yeah. I saw the. I thought they were like no. The, no. Her they uh, Melanie's were, kid, Melanie and her, I guess companions. They were, school were more advanced. They are more advanced only because they didn't grow up with nobody to guide them. Yeah. So that's why those kids are like still yelling and she's putting them in order. They haven't been domesticated yet. You no, know, basically. Yeah. That's truthfully what's going on. But I mean, the way it's setting up is that now they're going to try to get those kids on the same kind of par and with them. what's going to happen when their food supply runs out? Well, see, we talked about that. We're not yeah. Sure. The see, lab, all right. Anyway. The lab might be making food. We don't know. It's the future. Yeah. They could have packets. I, I will say, though, I do like that um, it also gives the teacher, um, Helen, that kind of she was trying to take care of the kids she wanted to make them survive she cared about them she brings up she's always wanted a family yeah right? so and like, now she kind of gets that but at what cost you in know a kind you, of horrific way yeah yeah you kind of ended civilization because you pushed for this and now this is what you get you have to live with these consequences and she's kind of stuck in a life she really didn't think about what's going to happen until now she has that look at the end where she realizes it too where she it's almost like she's questioning like did i make the right choice yeah but on the other side i think there's still like a lot of love like on that end sure. like the fact that melanie spared her didn't like left her in there true is it also a way of saying uh, she, like, she tried to spare the sergeant too she did too yeah, which all of them. truthfully i like the sergeant he was one yeah. of those characters he reminded me of the sergeant guy from 28 weeks later mm-hmm. played by yeah. jeremy renner actually yeah i yeah, <laughs> yeah i felt day. uh i felt really bad because she was like pleading with him telling him like that she told him to stay inside yeah but she but, felt really but bad that guy finally realizes that she is just a little girl yeah, yeah. and that's his story arc of like i mm-hmm. came back to save you yeah so i thought that was a little nice touch um, overall though, I liked it. Solid movie. Like, not perfect. Nothing crazy, but I mean, great. Thanks, Joshua, for the recommendation. Yeah, thank you very much. And again, thanks to everyone else who's recommended movies to us. Please, again, don't feel discouraged. Keep them coming. We'll watch them, whether we like them or not. <laughs> no, we seriously will, by the way. Because <laughs> we do come across a few weeks sometimes where there's just nothing playing. Except for oh. the Avengers for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. We- also, uh, thank you very much to James' brother, John. Although yeah. I'm sure you just did it because you wanted us to give you kudos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thank you very much, John. We really appreciate yeah, uh, good. the Solid topic. topic of the week. Solid topic. That is the end of our podcast, guys. Episode 23. Once again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. Response reviews, just like we said, John and Joshua, thank you very much for providing toward the show this week. Uh, Marco, can you let them know where they can find us? You guys can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod, and you can tweet at us at moviepalspod. Again, keep giving us your recommendations, retweet us, share our post on Facebook, and if you guys can... Subscribe to us. That's mm-hmm. right. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So once again, we thank you all for all the support you've given us. Keep it coming. Definitely. Uh, our next one, guys, is going to be a big one here. So we're not doing Deadpool 2, as we kind of talked about last time. Don't be sad. We'll make a little mention of it because we are going to all still see it. But our next one, guys, is going to be uh, a review of Solo, a Star Wars story. Ho, ho, ho. Solo. So that should be a pretty interesting pod since we all were a little mixed up on Last Jedi. Should should be fun, though. Yeah, should, should be, be great. Fun. So tune in next time, guys, for that review. Until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one.